All right, that's enough. I've had enough with all these. You know what? No. It's come to my attention that uh, I need to do something different. And you know what? I think I've got just a thing in mind. So sit back and hear me out on this one. Because today, well, whether you think of it as old or new, I conquer what no man or woman, child or elderly figure, sinner or imp, could or would ever do. Today, I conquer sloth, gluttony, and envy, giving you all my own unique perspective on these worlds I've made for myself, with a few boss fights from yours, truly. Now, with that said, I think we'd better tell this story before Vivzipop beats us to it. So let's get going. I think it's only fitting that we pick up where we last left off with a few changes to the story. Jack was searching for somewhere to stay, but after hours of searching, he finally slunk through just the right shadows and climbed into the golden elevator station. There were a few families, but mostly couples and singles in their seats with passports and reservations. Jack took in the calm and relief of freedom in his lungs, then accidentally swallowed a fly. He suddenly hacked it out, (coughs) then walked over to a desk. A buzzer overhead rang out, next stop, Sloth. Jack perked up at this announcement. Sloth, huh? Sounds quite interesting. I'll give it a shot. Jack quickened his pace to a front desk and laid down some money. Pardon me, my good sir, but I was wondering if I could possibly hitch a ride down to Sloth. The imp at the front desk shifted his glasses up, and then gawked as he realized who was before him. Uh, uh, you're that... Jack lowered his voice down in himself. Listen, I don't want any trouble. I just want to take it out of here. Can you give me that? The imp nodded, his glasses shaking on his face. He dispensed a golden ticket with blue and silver wiring for detail. (laughs) Here you go. Jack took it up and smiled. He threw down a sack of angel coins. Keep the change, pal. Jack took a seat, then pulled out his phone, scrolling through the new Hellscapes app. Some bloggers and way too many TikTokers. Ugh, we can skip those. Jack kept scrolling through, but he finally found a blog that piqued his interest. No audio, but it was a tour of Sloth and some famous landmarks. According to the footage, Sloth was rainy, but filled with technology, an eastern flair to the architecture, and so much more. Technologically advanced, I gotta remember that. Jack marked it down in his notebook, and then as he finished, the blue knob of the Sloth elevator dinged open. Jack looked up, and then hurriedly dashed for the door. He was the only person alone with a family of three. Just then, Jack heard yelling from the station behind him, and it was then that he came face to face with Lucifer himself. Pale skin, fiery red eyes, and anger plastered on his skull, with guards in pink armor hurrying forward, shoving through the crowd of imps. Jack looked down at the family and immediately recalled his past life. He immediately, he also held out an arm to protect the family. He shot back at the guards and blasted the door closed with his gun. The family all yelled, and Jack quite soon realized the gravity of his situation. Spirits poked through the gold doors. Oh, shit. The door, the elevator door slammed down, snapping the spearheads off onto the floor of the elevator. Jack looked through the glass floor and rooftop and saw the different rings passing by at a blurring rate. He saw the family quivering fear. It almost made Jack brim with tears. But he shoved through the pain and grabbed everyone in his cloak of arms. He showed open, shot open the door. I can't speak today. Waiting for the sloth to come up. 
never meant for this to happen. I'm so sorry. The father looked up, confused, his white hair dangling through his horns. What? Jack took a running start and kept everyone under his coat. Hang on. Last stop. Everybody off. The group thudded onto the glass floor, and Jack let the trio go, looking to the elevator shaft, which, plum- which plummeted out of sight. It landed with a sickening crash down in envy, and Jack shook his head. He turned around to comfort the family, taking their minds off of what just happened, when suddenly he had to ask, Uh, you were going to sloth, right? Lucifer stamped his foot angrily on the polished quartz floor. Darn it all to heaven! He escaped! The guards returned, holding partially snapped spears. Uh, sorry, sir. We couldn't get him, and he took our spearheads with him. Lucifer willed himself to calm, and then took a deep breath. It's... It's alright, gentlemen. We can take another elevator to Sloth. There are still six more. And besides, Lucifer strode back out of the elevator station, leaving the guards befuddled about what to do next. If I cannot so easily destroy the Sin Hunter, then Morpheus will be a very different story. Jack thanked the surprisingly calm family, who were somewhat honored to be saved by the Sin Hunter. And then he turned, walking through the glass tunnels. Acid rain hammered outside the plexiglass and titanium-rimmed walls, and Jack pondered his next move as he approached the city. A few brave and thriving bonsai, and even some azalea glowed in the darkness of the mountains, special flowers blooming from their branches. I can't go out there. Though my hat can withstand the acid, I get absolutely crushed from the force. Finally, after what seemed like only a minor eternity, Jack reached Sloth. A truly advanced society, Sloth was teeming with technology, and the only colors to be seen for miles were silver, sky blue, and white. There was the occasional green or purple, but overall, it was blue on silver. Jack strode across sidewalks and through traffic before finally reaching something he knew was familiar. Florence Industries. Now, Jack didn't think much of this, but what he did see was the name of the scientist listed below. Dr. Cynthia Florence. Wait... Dr. Cynthia? Wasn't that the scientist I saved a few floors up ago? Jack pondered if it was the same doctor, and he entered the building, unaware of the danger he was walking into. Far above in his private study, Lucifer paced back and forth, waiting for the other end of his phone to pick up. Finally, the other end connected, and a robotic metal echo resounded from the other end. Hello, Lucifer. It's been some time. Lucifer sighed with relief. Ah, Murphy. Always a pleasure to speak with another prince. Murphy, or Morpheus, Prince of Sloth, nodded to a techno-bop in his office. I see. So, why have you brought your troubles onto myself? I take it pride in keeping myself and my workers busy. Lucifer spun around, still pacing. As a matter of fact, I have a bit of a favor to ask you, in regards to your little accident. Morpheus's clammy beige face grew fire-coral red. Fine. State your case and let it be done with. Splendid. So, as you've very well seen on the news by now, I am hunting a deadly spy from another ring. An anomaly, if you will. The Sin Hunter, Morpheus asked. Yes, exactly. He's happened to stumble into your eastern territory, and I was wondering if you would by any chance catch him and deliver him. But of course, it's common law that citizens of this grand international settlement require passports. If the Sin Hunter doesn't have one, we'll know about it. Lucifer breathed easily. He sat down on his luxurious throne and watched the fires outside burn. Excellent. Uh, Thank you, Murphy. And in exchange, I'll forget about that little problem of yours. Morpheus slammed his phone down and snarled through his tentacled beard. 
turn him to the living. I'd better get my companies in order and find out where he's going. If the Sin Hunter came here today, he can't be too far in. He'll be in one of the surrounding suburban areas. Meanwhile, for sake of the tale, Jack was actually anywhere but one of the surrounding suburban areas. He was in the heart of the city. Thankfully, it wasn't too hard to get a new look. He kept his black and chocolate-colored fedora and coat, but swapped them for a white jacket, sneakers, and silver jeans. Blue wires etched along the fabric of everything, and Jack hesitated before removing his hat. Underneath, his white skin, gold eyes, red markings, and coal black hair flared. He walked calmly but hesitantly through the city, taking in the strangely extravagant scenery. Stores, ads, and technology surrounded and wove through every inch of the buildings and stores. Finally, Jack found something he could actually recognize. Another Florence Industries sign. It pointed to a massive tower leading to the tip of the great glass dome shielding the citizens from the acidic onslaught. Jack set his pace towards the buildings and entered through the revolving doors. He walked into the corridor and passed engineers, scientists, and employees. Strangely, no one gave him a second glance. In the second room he passed, there were a bunch of people yelling and arguing. When Jack checked the label on the door, it read, Brain Arabics. Jack stared, puzzled and wildly confused by what that meant, when an elevator dinged behind him. Jack turned, much like other scientists, and Morpheus strode out. This guy had to have been at least 15 feet tall, armed with all the technological advancements you could ever dream of. A wire-framed pirate hat sat atop his mollusk head, and his cape dragged behind him, with next to him, a smaller scientist. That's her, Jack thought. That's Dr. Cynthia, the girl I saved. Jack made a move toward when the two branched off, and Jack followed down a hallway, eventually bumping into the scientist. Oh, ah, sorry about that. They both knelt down, Jack scooping up and handing papers to the doctor. But when Cynthia looked up, she realized immediately who this person before was. How did you get here? And what are you doing here of all places? Jack realized a new situation and changed perspective. Can we find some place to lay low for a bit? Lucifer's hopping mad, now I'm trying to figure out how to get out of here ASAP. Dr. Cynthia pondered her next question carefully. Hopping mad? How old are you? Jack looked up at the glass boards above him. 27, just prefer the classics. Cynthia nodded. Okay, I can live with that. Come with me, my office is just down this way. The duo walked down the hallway to a hidden elevator where the doctor entered a special key. The door swung open and Jack followed closely after Dr. Cynthia. The elevator doors slid shut and some calming electronic music came on. Jack shifted his gaze nervously and then felt the need to pull his fedora over his face. So, uh, about what happened with those thugs, you don't need to apologize. I would have lost a lot of valuable knowledge to those drunk morons. If anything, you should be thanked by more than just me. Jack nodded, realizing that this woman was not somebody who took things slowly nor hesitantly. Okay, good to know. Dr. Cynthia turned confused. Are you seriously afraid of me? Jack's word was in that. Uh, no, 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 that's absolutely not. But before they could finish their conversation, the elevator shut down. Red lights snapped on, and Jack stopped the conversation. Dr. Cynthia immediately knelt down and started taking the screws out of the still blipping power grid. Sit tight, I'll get us out of... But when the doctor turned around, she saw Jack's boots wriggling up and out of sight through the top. Here. He's gonna get himself killed. Jack, meanwhile, was already ascending the elevator shaft. Hand over hand, he placed his feet into the right spots, and then reached a door. He jammed a small pick from his belt through the opening and peered through. Like something from a horror film, the halls were dimly lit and flickering lighting, er, er, with flickering lights down the corridor. Glass boxes rested on either side, making the walls and rooms in this area. A laboratory of sorts, Jack guessed. 
But as he climbed through the small crack, the elevator below him powered to life and zoomed up towards him. What was going to happen next? I think that's where we're going to end this podcast episode. I have more to tell. Don't worry. But for the time being, I happen to look down and see that this episode's getting a little longer than usual. So, what are we going to talk about? Uh, first and foremost, I have changed a few of the characters from previous episodes. Uh, demoting the original creator of some of the characters and promoting one of my new friends to the role of the characters. Of course, she was not overjoyed, but she seemed to like the concepts that I gave her. So, here we are now. Anyways, hope you'd enjoyed this new part as I race to try and finish these before, well, whatever comes out next from Vivzy Pop. Anyways, have a good one, everybody, and I will see you soon.